clap. I think she... <laughs> you got this, Mandy. Should I go up there? No one will see me down here. Is that better, up here? Yeah. Up one more. I'll just get myself organised. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Welcome to church. Here we are again, speaking in public. Good stuff. <laughs> Not. Oh, dear. All right. Today, my little message to you and to all of us is called the kindness of God, the goodness of God. So um, it's just made up of two uh, two little points and a couple of testimonies in between. So first point is, yes, it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. Definitely agree with that. The second point is, yes, God is good, but he is also a good, just and fair judge and will judge unrepentance. So I really... I really want to keep the balance here. All right. So I'll get you all to think about a, a situation. I've got one, one of three things. Have a think about um, a time where you... I'm, I'm going to go straight into the, the, the big guns, but think of a time if and when you may have actually led someone to the Lord, like prayed with them, a repentance prayer, and led them to Jesus. Think about that. Or... A time that you prayed for someone and it was just a really powerful moment for you and for them. Or the third one even, just a conversation that you may have had with someone that afterwards you just knew there was, it was more than just your words. It, there was a power attached to it and you went away feeling, wow, that was awesome. If you think back to any of those moments, if you think about the time leading up to them, I bet you wouldn't have just been in the first situation uh, telling the person that before you led them to Jesus that they were actually destined for hell and you'd, you better get chatting. Or in the second one, in that pray, prayer that you prayed for someone, I bet you weren't just um, telling them that you know, you really need to marry that man you're living with and I'll show you this in the Bible and, you know, God says this, God says that. Or in the third conversation, I bet you weren't just pushing an agenda or simply just waiting for them to shut up so you could put your two bobs worth in and tell them what God thinks about this and that. I just wanted to, to point out that just to illustrate that judgment rarely works, if ever. Franklin Graham says you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. It really is the goodness of God that leads and draws people to repentance. Now, the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. Anyway, I know, I always jump straight into evangelism. Every time I get up here, I, I, I was going to try and do something a bit different, but I just can't. That's just my heart. <laughs> But there is a lot in it anyway, other than just that. My last two messages were pretty turn or burn, like especially the last one about, um, well, they were. The last one was about Lazarus and the rich man and 
while I loved it, um, and the one before that even, so I thought, next time if I get on again, if I get put on roster again, I'm going to talk about love and just good stuff. Um, so I am. But there is also a weighty side to this as well, because Skip Heitzek, one of my favourite preachers at the moment, says, unless people know the bad news, they can't appreciate the good news, and that's so true. I'm just, I'm so big on truth, you know, no matter what, because God, God really blesses truth, even if we don't like to sometimes say it. Um, sorry, I just forgot where I'm up to. Ah, however, if you do feel at the end of my message that, you know, you need something a bit more meatier, then there's this Skip Heitzek dude, which I pinched a lot of his stuff, actually, so I'll just say that now, and Robert Morris. So, hey, how good is he? So, through the week, if you want some meat, um, jump online and listen to a couple of sermons. Those two guys, I've been listening to a heck of a lot of them, and yeah, so we can do that at home, hey, like, we can come together and, but I, I believe there's a lot of meat in this sermon, actually, today, but possibly not a lot of theology. All right. I believe what I'm sharing on today is very much for today, and especially the last few weeks leading up, I've just been like, oh, guys, shush, you're actually saying lots of what's in my sermon. People are going to think I nicked your stuff, which I did, and I wrote this ages ago, ages ago. <laughs> but what, I, yeah, what, I, what I'm talking on today, I reckon, is smack bang on for today. So even though I wanted to change it when I realized it was Mother's Day, I thought maybe I should do a Mother's Day message. We're going to stay with this because, um, yeah, it's, it's quite exciting, actually. We talk here often at HCC that we like to, um, we want God to break down the walls between the church and the community, and he's very much doing that. We're actually, for many of us and for many people, we're right smack bang in the middle of that. We're experiencing it now, so I think it's really important to to have a message like this and to allow God to minister to you guys um, at this point when this is happening so, so we can get excited and get encouraged, actually, about what's going on out there. Yep. All right, so if it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance, and I believe it is, how are people seeing God's goodness? You can yell out if you want. It's probably rhetorical, but you're a rowdy bunch. Creation, Jen? Yeah. Yeah. Some people do see God through creation. One person, she's not a Christian, she told me, she goes, when I go out, she surfs and goes out a bit. Um, she says, I look around and I think, how on earth? This is so beautiful. She really does see God in creation. Mostly, though, I believe it's in and through us, his vessels on the earth, his hands and feet. At least it should be anyway. People should be seeing God through us. John Garrett um, shared on Good Friday, um, just a little topic he didn't preach, but he shared um, that our unsaved friends aren't always coming to church, and so we need to take church to them. And it's true, we know that, and... But as I was thinking about it later that night, and I'd already started writing this, God just really spoke to me in like a hectic way about, so here's what it was anyway. I'm thinking, yeah, that's true. And, um, but God said, so think about when people come to church and they've got the worship, they've got the word, they've got the presence of God. 
that's church, right? Well, that's the building. We are the church. So if we're the church and we're taking church to the community, to our friends, to our customers, to our, you know, whatever, then they should actually be experiencing kind of similar to what we're experiencing here, which is good, which is the goodness of God. They really should be. So um, how are we doing? (laughs) We need to ask ourselves that question. Not in a condemning way, but we need to ask, how am I doing, God? Like, I'm your vessel. I'm supposed to be um, shining your light and your love. How am I doing? And is there any way in me that needs to go? Is there something that needs to come? Is there, you know, is there some work I need to allow you to do in my life where you may be able to flow more effectively through me to your unsaved children? at this time? It's, it's a really good question to ask. It's a scary question to ask, but it's a needed question to ask. We need to have self-awareness. We need to allow God to flow through us. Um, I'm a big fan of presence ministry, and like Jen just said, us getting around um, people and in relationships and stuff, and I believe this is actually key. I'll just quickly explain. Most of you probably know what presence is, but I first learned this only a few years ago when I was at um, college. My teacher said that the best kind of ministry is presence ministry. And what it is, is it's if you're born again, excuse me, if the presence of God is in you. So it's that presence of God in us that flows through us and awakens and fans into flame the already planted eternity that's within every single person in the world, whether they're saved or not, and it speaks to that, and it shows God and ministers, God ministers in, an, in that. So presence ministry is by far the most powerful form of evangelism. It's the most powerful witness because God's doing the work, but are we allowing our lives to reflect God well. John also said, and I laughed on Good Friday, um, some people that we know are Christians, you'd rather them just not say they're Christians. Like, just keep that one to yourself because people are like, oh, you're a Christian. Sweet, I don't want anything to do with church or God. So, you know, and I'm not judging people like that. We're all on a journey, but that's what I mean. We need to allow God to be working in us so that people aren't going, no thanks. They're going, come back. I want some of that. Um, yeah, there is more. <laughs> Didn't know how to cough then. Now, I'm going to read a, a scripture. We read it here all the time. It was plastered across our wall for ages. We know it well, but I'm going to read a, a different translation. Matthew 5, 13 to 16. It's the salt and light. We all know it. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste... How shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to the whole house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. It's awesome, isn't it? And um, his mercies are new every morning. Hey, praise God, because um, I wasn't too salty the other day. I wasn't. And I'm just so glad that we can start again, God. (laughs) Thank you for illuminating that 
part in me that needs to go. We're human, but we need to be making steps forward. A few quick tips to get our salt on. Like I just said, allowing God to be Lord over our lives, not just our salvation. We know there's a difference, hey? I was a Christian seven years before I allowed God to be Lord over my life. I was saved. I was going to heaven if I got hit by a truck. I wasn't taking a heck of a lot of people with me, but I was going. <laughs> but we need to actually say, hey, God, have it all. This is what, this is what it's about, relationship and living for, for Jesus. And, and in doing that, then he can start you know, really working in us and, and moving more powerfully through us. I thought that was a thing. Um, obeying his word. Reading and obeying his word. That always is a good thing to help us keep salty. And this scripture, <clears throat> 2 Corinthians three sixteen to 18, one of my faves in the whole Bible. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. When we do this, when we allow God, when we behold God, whether it's through prayer, um, soaking in his presence, reading the word, whatever, when we behold God, that veil is removed and we become literally more and more like Jesus. And that's what people are loving. They're not loving us. They're loving Jesus in us. And that's why I absolutely adore this scripture and I'm, I think of it when I'm, you know, in that time, I'm like, God, change me, make me more like you because it's going to help draw people to you. Yeah, it's such a cool scripture, that one. It's who we are, not what we say all the time or preach only. It's actually who we are. And we're to be, I hope I get this right, channels, not reservoirs. I was saying it the other way when I was practicing. I'm like, that just, that's wrong. We're to be channels, yes, in that God in us, through us, not God in us, <laughs> and awesome. No, it's to, to move through us to other people. It's not our little club. It's not our little thing we do on a Sunday. It's, it's to come, to get filled, to be in fellowship, to be, in, to be encouraged by each other, and then to get out there. All right, in a moment, I'm going to share a couple of little encounters I've had recently. And when I do, it's very much going to sound like I'm just up here blowing smoke up my own bum. I'm not. <laughs> Seriously, it just sounds like I'm so up myself. I'm, all I'm doing is talking about myself, but it's not. <laughs> Thanks. It's, it's to encourage us all. <laughs> I'd rather not even be up here, to be quite honest. But... <laughs> It really does, though. I'm, I'm reading it, practicing at home, going, oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's, that's not my heart here. It's, it's to encourage us because, let's face well, to be honest, I haven't always been um, as easy with people as I am now. I very much wasn't. I didn't, I didn't, um, I was, what's the word? I didn't feel confident. 
um, at all, actually. I'll go back to the Baptist church when I got saved at the Baptist church and were there for many years. And John Redding had this rule, which I hated, but it was a good rule. When the preaching finished, you weren't allowed to talk to anyone you knew for three minutes. You had to go and find someone who was new or someone you hadn't met. And, oh, and Eddie loved just pointing someone out and taking me there and then running off and leaving me there. <laughs> he did it with Jen Campbell. I don't know if you remember this, Jen, but he did it with you. And I'll, So he, he brought me up and he goes, this is Mandy, blah, blah, blah. And she likes oriental lilies and then ran off. I don't know if that was a joke about himself or... But then Jen and I were standing there and thankfully she's so lovely because I was just like... But what I'm saying is I definitely was not like I am now, but praise God, I said, no, I don't want to be like this and I don't think you want me to be either, God. So I allowed him to work in me and through me and I had to unlearn a thing or two and I had to take steps of faith and get into situations where I was uncomfortable and now... So really, all glory is to God. I'm not up myself, it's all God, because without him, I wouldn't be doing anything. Yeah, so... Um, I was going to say something else, I got forgot. Actually, many of us here in this church already operate in this way, but not everyone feels comfortable around people, and that's okay. We're all different. But I believe today, if you're feeling like, I, I would like to... I would like people to really just see God in me and all the rest of it. Then we've already prayed anyway that God will be ministering to you. And if you want prayer or if anything I've spoken about today, you're like, I don't understand, please. So in case I forget to say it, come up the front after the sermon and any, any one of us will, will talk to you about any questions you may have. All right. Story one. A work colleague and now friend of mine said to me once when we, had, we met for coffee, um, she goes, oh, we were all like, when you first got the job at Woolies, we were all like, oh, when they found out I was religious. They said, um, oh, I wonder if she'll talk to us or I wonder what she'll be like to work with. And I'm like, yeah, thanks. Like, we know that, don't we? We, we got a bad rap in a lot of places. And I, I said to her, I said, did you think our church was like, the one on The Simpsons. My daughter's dabbing me out the back. <laughs> Sorry. Lost my train of thought now. <laughs> Simpsons. Woo! Um, yeah, I said, did you think like our church was like Ned Flanders' church and we all sort of sit there and fall asleep and, and she goes, yeah, yeah, I did. I just I assumed it's like Ned Flanders. I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. You know, people people's genuine, for whatever reason, perspective. But that's the kind of thing that our lives, God's wanting to break down, those strongholds, those mindsets, those, those um, things that the church has failed in over the centuries, years, whatever. Our lives need to be breaking that down. Um, that wasn't my story, actually. I wonder if... Uh, okay, fast forward a year or so. We started to... We actually had a connection because one of my daughters and one of her sons were losing the plot and we were meeting and ministering to each other pretty much and just trying to stay afloat with that and we formed a really good friendship out of that and, and that was the lady that said that to me. So anyway, so I'm just going to give a couple of little stories. Um, so this same girl, 
I'm standing at self-checkouts, right? You know what that's like at Woolies? It's hectic. There's heaps going on. There's three this way. There's three that way. People are nicking things, and you've got to try and make sure that what's on the screen is the same as what's in their bag, which often isn't. And then you've got to deal with that. And then someone breaks their, pulls their um, printer paper out wrong, and then it jams. So you've got to pull the machine up and fix that. Heaps of things are going on, and then you get some man walk past and go, oh, you've got the easy job today. And you're like, <laughs> you've no idea what's going on up here. Um, so you're trying to, like, be nice to him as well. Like, there's heaps going on in self-checkouts all the time. It's stressful. Give someone a high five next time you walk past and they're on self-checkouts. <clears throat> anyway, so I'm standing there, and I had a moment where I was, it was, must have been a little bit quiet or something, and this girl... And I'm hoping not to name names. I'm really trying hard. I haven't yet, have I? Okay. So I'm standing there, and she's in the service area, and she's like, she comes up to me. So um, your church, if someone's gay, can they come? And I'm like, uh, yes, and they probably should, yes. And she takes off. I'm like, okay. Praying under my breath. I can't go anywhere. I have to stay there. So I'm like... This is the thing, though. This is a totally separate incident, but the same. It would have been within five minutes. I'm like, God, what is going on today? Within five minutes, um, a customer wanted a check, and it, it was pretty quiet still in self-checkout. So I've looked back, and like it was just there. So I ran down, and I was looking at this ticket. And another work colleague, it's a guy this time, he walked over to me while I'm rushing and goes, so are you telling me that if there's this rapture thing and you and me are here, you go and I don't? And I'm like, yes. And <laughs> I've ran back to the self-checkout thinking, I've just told that he is going to get left behind. I'm like, God, you need to sort this out. I need to have a chat with someone later or something. I, I, I was able to run back and go, listen, what I said was true, but there needs to be a bit of context around it. I'll catch you later. We'll have a chat later. But this guy's always asking questions, and he was obviously on Google or something looking up Rapture. I don't know what he was doing, but I was able to say to him, we're doing an alpha course for some um, church people. I said, but we really want to do it for our neighbours afterwards, and, you know, you've got heaps of questions. Maybe you'd like to come. And, and then I talked to him up in the staff room, and, like, so it's okay. It's not like I was never going to see him again, but... I got home and I said to Eddie, oh my gosh, I had this question about homosexuality, I had this question about the rapture and I was at work and it's not like I can go come into my office and let's talk about this. And so yeah, I was just praying, God, minister to these people. Anyway, um, and they were two separate things too, just so we don't get um, mixed up with that. Um, why, am I, why am I sharing this? We as Christians, we must be relatable we must be relational, and people must be able to see God in us where they feel compelled, comfortable, and drawn to want to come and talk to us, even if it's just a quick question and they run off, you know, that we can follow through with later or whatever. So it's all glory to God. It, it's, not, it's not us. It's him in us, but they feel comfortable. Our lives are to be breaking down those walls, like I've said, that people have put up. We need to have and nurture a relationship with Jesus to then allow that to flow. 
And P.S., just to bring balance to my little story, there are a few people there that I think don't like me, but that's obviously their issue. <laughs> no, it's not. There's, not everyone's going to like you, and you don't know what you're dealing with. There might be opposite spirits. Someone might be dealing with something that is something to do with church or a past thing, and you um, bring something up un- unwillingly in them. We need to have grace about that. There's one girl that I just thought, oh, I've not done anything to her and I try really hard. So I just prayed about a covering and whatever's going on and, and that softened and she, she talks to me and stuff. But yeah, so we have a big responsibility, hey? But it's a good one and it's worth it. Okay, second part. <clears throat> Romans 3.23. Probably one of the most important scriptures in the entire Bible. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And like I said before, until you understand the bad news, you'll never appreciate the good news. So my second point, point two, yes, God is good. He is also good and just and a fair judge. And I've um, nicked this little insert from Skip Heitzek, who nicked it from someone else. And um, the guy's name's Warren Weasby. I'll just read what it says. In the frontier days of America, Warren Wisby tells this story in one of his commentaries. In a small frontier town, there is a young child sitting in a stagecoach, teamed up with horses. Something spooked the horses and off went the stagecoach with the child trapped inside. A young man saw what was going on, quickly apprised the situation and went after and rescued that young boy, saved his life. The little boy grew up and became a criminal. The young man who saved him became a judge, and years later, after the criminal was brought into the court for a crime committed, a very grievous crime, that at that time deserved the death penalty which was called for in that country at that time, America, that criminal stood before that judge and recognised the judge as the one who saved his life when he was a young boy and appealed to the judge on the basis of that past experience to save him now. To which the judge replied, Son, on that day I was your saviour. Today I'm your judge. And sentenced him to be hanged to death. That was justice. I mean, I don't agree with the death penalty, whatever, but in that situation, that was justice. And um, it's what he was called to do as a judge in that particular case. You see, God is most certainly good. He's kind. He's love. He'll move mountains. He'll answer our prayers. He'll knock at the door of the hearts of those we love and pray for here in the earth. And I'm going to end with a testimony of how powerful God moves in the lives of people we pray for. But just for now, when all's said and done and a person takes their last breath and leaves the earth, God is judge. It's too late. He's judge. And he will judge. And he cannot go back on his word and he won't as the perfect, fair judge that he is. That's how he'll judge. 1 John 4, 8. Everyone quotes it, hey, God is love. Yes, he is. He's also holy and perfect and just. Actually, the whole scripture is, whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. So really, if we claim to know God, we claim to know true love, and if we know true love, we know God is just. We just have to get the balance. We just have to keep the balance in this. We don't need to swing either way. You know, we can do both. We can do both well. 
um, they will know the truth and the truth will set them free. We've got to believe that. We've got to trust that, the whole truth. John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So with this balance in mind, I believe it will provoke a healthy degree of urgency in us to not just focus on the God is love part, but to know God is judge as well. Hmm. Why? Because we have a sin problem that we need saving from. In Romans 3.23. Um, I thought I'd throw this in. I don't know. You might, find, you might think it's a bit weird and I'm a bit over the top, but um, just half-truths, you know. I just, I just love the full truth. Oh, I read on Facebook once, there's no your truth or my truth, you know. It's the truth. <laughs> That's it. It's the truth. Everyone's making this to be my truth and this is my truth. No, truth is truth. Anyway, um, you can talk about me later behind my back if you think I'm weird with this one, but... <laughs> I was in Woolies, self-checkouts again, and um, we have giveaways if things don't sell, and there were these Easter cards. And I thought, ah, oh, a card, a cross. Oh, I'll look at that. And, <laughs> and um, so I was reading it, and I'm like, oh, okay, where's the scripture? That seems like a scripture. No, no scripture. Secular card. Nice words. But what sort of didn't sit well with me is they're half-truths. And people, I'm going to read you the card, people are okay with this. It, to me, it's like, is this, is this a subtle form of you're okay because God's done this? It's not all of it, okay? So I'll read you what the card says. It's got a cross on it to people. Um, just from a secular perspective, if someone's not a Christian and, you know, they're, they're reading this, the joy of Easter fills our hearts each time we hear the story of God's amazing love for us and resurrection glory. For God has so much love for us, he sent his only son to bless the world with lasting life and hope for everyone. <laughs> and I'm like, who believes? It doesn't say the part, you know, it doesn't have the balance. And whilst you might think, yeah, but God can work through that. Yes, he can through us is mainly how he works. And that's beautiful, and those are the words. And isn't that John 3.16, or at least the first part of it? Because if you look at John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that's kind of where that ends. It doesn't have that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And so we need to be careful that, because some people would look at that and think, oh, God did that for me, yeah, yeah, cool. Lasting hope for everyone. That's me. Awesome. I don't have to do anything else. And it's a lie. It's a lie. And um, anyway, so I guess it just adds a little bit to, to getting the whole truth. I wanted to go and get all the cards and get a pen and write. <laughs> for whoever believes. It is for everyone, but you've got to believe. All right, but we can't do that, can we? Because that would be weird. It's a big job, that one. Okay. I've got one page on this that kind of, maybe it was just that one. It didn't quite flow, but I didn't really know where to put everything, but um, I believe it will it'll work itself out. Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God 
that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then for the Gentile, then to the Gentile. Going back to my friend or, you know, or anybody who talks to us about, you know, people like to brand sin. They like to go, you do this, you do that, oh, the Bible says no to that. We don't need people to recognise their brand of sin. I believe that's more about us. What we need is for them to recognise their sin of unrepentance, of, of non-belief, because the time of judgment is inevitable. God's big enough to work out the rest, the sin that we think so bad or, you know, isn't, is shunned and all that. Who cares? It's about people, no matter what they're doing or where they're at in life, awakening to that eternity and finding Jesus. He'll work out the rest. He adores them where they're at. He may not adore how they're living, but he also knows why they're living that way. We have no business in judging someone else's sin. We have our own sin. Um, I feel like I've missed a page or we've just really gone through it pretty well. <laughs> All right, I'm going to end with how back in where I said God will move mountains. This is why we need to <clears throat> be the best version of us we can be and be praying, be reading the Bible, be being generous, obedient and all those things. So this is how God will move mountains in your life as well, not just mine. This is just my testimony and it's to encourage you guys to pray because God is a huge God and he can do huge things. So um, <clears throat> it was about, I think it was about September or October a few years ago and I was just praying. Actually, I'll tell you first, before that, I have a friend in town and um, she does a treasure hunt ministry. I don't know if you've heard about that, but I think it was birthed out of, or Bethel Church first started it in Reading, but she does it every day. In fact, she's probably prayed for half of you here. So she goes around town and she prays first with friends and they, they get kind of, um, they get little prompts. So she might get red bow, sore back, you know, and they'll write all this down and they'll pray and they'll just get about town and they will come to these people every day. happens every day. And they'll approach them and say, oh, look, I hope you don't mind, but um, do you have lower back problems? And they'll be like, Yes, how did you know? And they'll go, well, um, <laughs> I'm a Christian and I believe God really wants to minister to you today. Um, you know, he, he loves you and would you mind if we prayed for you? And nine and a half times out of ten they get healed, they're in tears. You know, it's beautiful. I love this ministry because it shows just how close God is and it shows people that there is a God and, and he's, he knows their life, he knows what's going on in their life. So anyway, that's the ministry. So I'm like, oh, God, I want you to do that for Jack. I have a son who lives in England, and he's been there forever. And he's... Yes, it's another story. But it's, um, I'm like, Jack, uh, God, can you do that treasure hunt ministry, please, on Jack? That would be awesome. And I was trying to give God tips, you know, what you could do, where you could do it. <laughs> Aren't we funny? Anyway, so I gave God a few tips to get started. Anyway, a um, few months later, no joke, yeah. A few months later, it was New Year's Eve, and I was just I was going down to the harbour, and Jack rang. And we talked for hours, and, like, I needed to go. I didn't want to shut him off, but I kind of needed to go, but he was lingering the phone call. I'm like, all right, Jack, I'm going to have to go. I'll call you back. Like, I'm meeting some people down in town. 
And he goes, oh, well, just before you go, I just want to tell you something. I'm like, okay, what? And he goes, just don't think I'm a Christian or anything, which he is. He just isn't walking with the Lord. I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, well, I won't think that. And he goes, oh, well, this really weird thing happened to me, uh, to us the other day. And I'm like, what? And it wasn't until he was halfway through the story that I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, God did a treasure hunt. And so what happened was his dad, um, Lee, worked in a little boutique hotel in London and was a doorman. And some random guy just walked in and sort of sized him up a bit and went over to him and said, oh, mate, I hope you don't think I'm weird or anything, but do you get cluster headaches? And this is blew Lee away because... um, it's not that popular, and he, he gets them all the time, and, you know, they're really debilitating. So he's gone, yes, and the guy's gone, oh, okay, well, I'm a Christian, and I believe, you know, God wants to heal you. Would you let me pray for you? And he said, yes. This is all just going from what, you know, Jack said. And so this guy prayed over Lee, and um, apparently he hasn't had them since, and, but it's always more about, it's not about the physical healing, it's more about, wait, God told you? I have a headache and loves me and wants to heal me and the ministry that, is, that goes along with that. But anyway, so Jack's telling me this very reluctantly because he didn't want me to get too excited and I wasn't getting excited for his benefit even though, hello, like how awesome is this? But afterwards, anyway, so after the phone call, I'm like thanking God, you know, I'm like, wow. And then I'm like, but you didn't actually hear me. I said Jack, not Lee, like what is the deal there? But this is, this is the awesome thing about God. And he told me straight away, and if you're new and you're not a Christian and you're thinking, well, she hears from God a lot. But I actually did. God actually said in my spirit, he told me straight away, to Jack, you are the Christian, the church, the, you know, the things he's fighting against and running against at the moment. I went through Lee because Lee's, um, you know, Lee is his idol and they, you know, he really gets on and with his dad and stuff. So he said it had to come through Lee to get more powerful and more impact and more. If you'd just rang Jack and told him something like that, he probably would have wiped it off, you know. But this was a big deal to them. And it will stay with them. And I don't know what they're doing. I certainly don't know, know what Lee's doing. I don't think Jack's walking with the Lord in any way, shape or form. But it was still a moment and it, was, it still would have ministered to them. So, um, yeah, I say that just to encourage you to pray bold prayers for your family and friends and those that you believe in God to work in um, because he does it and he loves to do it. Amen. Stay Thank up, you, Mandy. I might get you to pray for us. Mm. <laughs> Don't run off too quick. Um, that was an awesome word. And um, I know, you know, for myself, relationship is really key and I know like um people aren't gonna um, necessarily listen to you unless the relationship's there as well Mm. and um and obviously God can use us in situations where there's no relationship like you know that um story with you know Lee but um you know relationship is really key Mm. so I just encourage you church to wherever you are wherever you work wherever you're connected let God let God you know God wants to use you to actually make an impact in your world and um funny sort of not so funny story at my work um uh, the girls know I go to church and they know I'm a Christian and um, one of the girls actually said to me the other week and um, made me realise, I was like, oh gosh, like I actually have good relationship with these girls and there's things, you know, you know opportunities that I can take and um, that I probably haven't and um, one of them said, um, oh, I had this story, Rosie, this girl came in and she... Um, 
heard me talking about like things she was struggling with and um like so the girl I work with is talking about the stuff she struggles with and um the girl said to her oh like was a bit awkward like didn't know what to say but said oh can I pray for you and um like this my call at work colleague said um yeah okay and then she told me the story I wasn't work that day and I was um she told me this she was like she she said to me now why haven't you ever asked to pray for me? And I was like, whoa, like it was just a moment where I was like, actually, yeah, like there's been opportunities where I know I could have said, hey, I can pray for you. And and that's okay. Like, you know, I'm not beating myself up over that, but it's yeah. actually, it was a realisation that, you know, out of relationship, even though I never really talk about God, my, like at work or whatever, you know, there's opportunity for me to actually pray and minister. So just encourage you, you know, when you've got those moments, you may be nervous or a bit scared, but people are so open to that. And, you know, when they're in their, um, whatever they're struggling with, whatever they're going through, you know, God can use you in those situations. So Mandy, mm. can you pray for us? It'd be awesome. Yeah, yep. Dear Lord, God, I just thank you for everyone here today. And I thank you, God, that even, even if they haven't realised that you've ministered to their lives, Lord, And Lord, I pray that um, we all would be willing to allow you to to work through us into the lives of everybody that we meet. Every, whether it's a fleeting visit, whether it's a deep conversation, God, may we allow you and the presence of you in us to flow so effectively to the hearts of the children, your children that you are trying to capture their attention, Father. So may we walk out of here today changed for the better and continue to grow each day in being such a light of your goodness to a a broken world. Help us to be bold. Help us to be balanced. And just help us, God, to ultimately shine your light. And we pray it in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Let's see if we get many. Everyone, give many a hand. We're going to stand. We're going to sing Thank a praise you. song if that's all right, guys. Just to end service. And um, if you have any questions, see Mandy. See.